0: It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans, after all, it's only pressure. You got this, Adidas.
1: Alright guys, before we jump into the show, a shout out to our friends over at Strava Crafts Coffee, that rich cbd infused coffee will get you going in the morning without those coffee jitters that everyone hates and what's better you can save 25 percent off right now when you use the code dnvr25 on your first purchase that's dnvr25 to save 25 percent off your first purchase of that cbd infused rich tasty strava craft coffee and once you love it you'll sign up for a strava craft coffee subscription well there where they will send it to your door every two four six or eight weeks no matter how much you want You'll save 20% off every single time. You'll never have to put in your credit card. You'll never have to have that panic moment when you wake up and realize that you're all out of coffee, being StravaCraft Coffee will keep you supplied, and you're going to love the coffee. So check them out, StravaCraftCoffee.com. Use that code DNVR25 for 25% off your first purchase. Number one for the one and all.
0: Friend bleed orange and blue To the bitter end Come and join
1: DMVR, and we are live from Studio A. The A stands for a lot of injuries. Sorry, Mace. <laughs> Although a lot in a lot a of lot people's minds be, is it's one weird. word.
2: <laughs> Until about college is what yeah. I thought no. was one word. Actually, I mean not there, but you can get away with it. You know yeah. what? I'm feeling benevolent today. I'm going to let it slide.
1: All right. Sounds yes. great. Uh, my seventh grade English teacher, Ms. Doolittle, shout out Ms. Doolittle, um, had us <laughs> what a name. get into like a marching line yeah. and march around the room chanting, a lot is two words, not one. A wow. lot is two words, not one. And it worked. I've never forgotten.
3: Wow, it. <laughs> that's impressive.
1: Good job, Ms. Doolittle. Um, a lot of injuries the Broncos have to overcome, and we're going to discuss exactly who is going to be responsible for replacing these guys. Who who are they going to have? Who aren't they going to have? We'll get to all that here in just a second. But first, a shout out to MSU Denver Online, where they will definitely teach you that a lot mm-hmm. is two words, not one. And so, so much more over at MSU Denver. Well, it's the best place to go if you're looking to work a full-time job while furthering your education. Their students are able to work twice as many hours as students attending any other Colorado institution. So go over to msudenver.edu slash online to see what they have, to check what they have that you can check out. uh, We're talking 750 total classes, 45-plus online and hybrid programs. There's something for everyone over at msudenver.edu edu slash online
3: my boys what's up some good vibes on this tuesday i'm loving the feels and guys really quick if you're tuning in on twitter hop over to youtube hit us with the thumbs up and then you can continue the good vibes by jumping in the
1: comment section on youtube absolutely and uh youtube of course always a better product so if you're looking you know sometimes yep. the stream's not as clean not a little little choppier uh, more choppy, uh, head over to uh, YouTube. You'll get a bet- much better product. There.
3: Choppier is a word in my book, Ryan. Don't thank worry.
2: You.
1: No, uh, thank you. Yeah, is fine. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, speaking of choppy, the depth chart is looking a little choppy right now uh, with these Broncos injuries. So what I wanted to do today, guys, is just kind of go through who's in, who's out. And who's up next? Mm,
3: I love it. And guys, we got to start with I think the biggest injury here, and that's Graham Glasgow. Uh, His career with the Broncos may be over because of course he fractured his leg this past week it looked like the worst injury and it was he went off on a cart in an air cast uh and then uh, Graham comes out yesterday and and says that his season is done with that fracture and uh, like I said this isn't just about this year for Graham this could be the end of his Broncos career
2: yeah the the contract you get to a, a a reasonable dead money figure after this and It's also the draft investments. Broncos picked Ntani Muti. They're high on him, but they're really high on Quinn Miners. And Miners played well in the second half. He's pancaking people. What is Miners going to do when he gets multiple games under him? Yeah. And there's kind of the. the, And when
1: teams start to see his tendencies.
2: Right. I mean, there's going to be a little bit of back and forth, but if he can still play with that power and that confidence, then. The Broncos are going to be in good shape. Now, he's better as a run blocker than in pass pro. That's pretty much every young guy, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. the thing with Miners though, is he's kind of got the double Wally pip going, potentially, because he might have pipped Graham Glasgow, but Natani Muti being out with COVID in with COVID protocols on Sunday, Muti might have been pipped, because Muti would have been the one who checked in for Glasgow if Muti had been healthy.
1: Yeah, this will get... Um... Mm-hmm. I guess it can reveal a couple different things here. One, it'll reveal who Mike Munchak has more confidence in, or it could also reveal which side he has more confidence in a guy. you know, uh, It's possible that uh, Munchak thinks that Moody projects better at left guard and Miners project, project better at right guard, so he's going to play him there. But it, uh, in all, I will take this as this is the guy Munchak prefers of the two.
3: Well, and so, who do you guys prefer? Because to me, we we've all been so high on Muti since he mm-hmm. entered the league when he played last year. Uh, and then we thought Miners was a project, but guys, I view this differently now. I think you got to ride the hot hand and and Quinn Miners specifically for this week gives you the best chance and only you you only switch that in the future. If Minerts doesn't play well at all, or let's say the Broncos are down against the Eagles and they resort to passing a lot, and then he's exposed in the pass game a lot, then you can then you can switch it in the future for Muti. But not only is Minerts coming off a really impressive game where he gave the offense juice. How often do you say that about an offensive lineman? You don't say it that often. He was the one out there pushing Javante Williams down the field on his beast mode run. Uh, and then on top of that, Mooty, guys, he's coming off missing two straight weeks in the COVID protocol, missing two straight games. This is a guy who just by himself needs some time on the practice field. So, to me, this is so easy. You go with Quinn Miners, and, guys, that's the route I think they go because Vic Fangio yesterday when asked, is Mooty ready for an elevated role or, – or Miners ready for an elevated role? All Vic said was, he's ready. Nice. They've it's seen me- him
2: on the practice field, too. That's the other thing that probably comes into play yep. here is – If they see miners growing on a week-to-week basis, the confidence is going to build. And I think Vic would only take his cues from Munchak on that.
1: Yeah, Mace, I feel compelled to tell you that your soda is hanging off the edge of that table. Oh, (laughs) Uh -oh. Um, wow. That's hanging. This is is nothing. The question (laughs) is, if you had to choose one to keep, who would it be? um because i think that's a different answer than this one
3: like for the future
1: yeah yeah like if you only get to keep one who would it be um the the reason i say is i think you're completely right they ride the hot hand the other thing i think to keep in mind here is how much do we talk about chemistry on the offensive line there's something clicked last week especially in the run game there's i mean you would be crazy to mess with it yep um so chemistry is important You know, maybe he works really well alongside Lloyd or, you know, um, I guess I can't even remember who was in it right. tackle. Cameron Fleming. Cameron Fleming. Yes, of course. Uh, Maybe he works really well alongside Cameron Fleming. I mean, they have been, you know, uh, uh, together with the reserves.
2: That's exactly. I mean, there's your backup right flank the last few weeks in. your scout team right flank in practice. Well,
3: so then this brings up another question with the offensive line is there's a chance Garrett Bowles is back this week. We know Bobby Massey is going to be out a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. If Garrett Bowles is also out this week, which he may miss this week as well, then you're going to go with that exact same crew that you had to end the game. You're going to have Garrett Bowles at left, or I'm sorry, Calvin Anderson at left, Cameron Fleming at right, Quinn Miner at right. Uh, And then Dalton Reisner at at left guard with, of course, Lloyd in the center. But let's say Garrett Bowles is back this week. They're not going to mess with Garrett. Garrett's going to be the left tackle. But then do you mess with this chemistry you're talking about? Or do you go with who you think the better player is in Calvin Anderson? Do you bring him to the right side?
1: (sighs) What a shuffling uh, you have to deal with here. I would... I'd have to see the tape fully on Fleming to know how many minus plays he had. I personally didn't notice many, if any. Um, and, if a case, that, yeah, exactly and if that's the case, way better than than in training. Yeah, that's exactly the thing. That's the case. You can't take him out.
2: It, you mm-hmm. leave him in there, but at the same time, mm-hmm. in the back of their mind is camp, the Minnesota practices, preseason games, etc. So they've. I would imagine if Bowles plays, they do put Anderson back on the right side. Yep. And the other thing is also they've. I'm sure. I'm sure we've seen mom, they've seen moments in practice where Miners and Anderson have worked together as well. Because if that's something that's been their plan, the, the two of them have worked together on that right flank. So, I think, I think if Bowles plays, Anderson goes to right. But you've got a bye coming coming off of this week. You've got a home game. It's 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 winnable. I mean, the Eagles are a feisty team. We'll get into them as the week goes on, but if there's any doubt on guys that are hurt, I don't want to see them playing Sunday, man. Get them ready for that stretch run where you got five division games in seven weeks, because that's where you can, because that's the head to head opportunity to overturn the standings and do basically take control and do it yourself.
1: I think you make a fair point there. The counterpoint would be if there's no risk of re-injury, you know, or furthering the injury and, and obviously there's never no risk. But if there's low risk of re-injury, then shoot them up, get through it this week, and then you've got two full weeks to heal that injury and, and be off it. And if I know anything about football coaches and football doctors, I think that's probably the approach they would take is, hey, wrap it up, shoot it up, get out there, and, and you'll have a couple weeks of ice to put on it later. Torval so, a
3: hell of a drug. So, but if I tell you it's a high ankle sprain for Garrett Bulls, how does that make you feel?
1: I the same um because you know while high ankle sprain is a crappy injury to have it is essentially a pain tolerance thing um with mm, you
3: call them both sides uh. I'm not no <laughs> I'm just
1: saying there you are always going to have the injury it doesn't just go away so it's just about when you feel ready I guess and, and Again, if I know anything about football players, they say they're they're ready before they're probably ready.
2: But it affects your balance. I mean, a high ankle sprain affects a left tackle differently than a wide receiver. Totally. But I mean, I mean, I if it's a high ankle sprain, I, again, if you push a guy back early, I have Julius Thomas kind of football PTSD here and how long it took him to get back because they pushed him back mm. too soon. Like with Jerry Judy, I was glad they were patient. Because he looks like Jerry Judy out there the last two weeks.
1: Yep. I'm glad they took their time and didn't. Oh, they're try using rushing him back. slightly differently, and I have to assume it has to do a little bit with the ankle. Mm-hmm. You're not seeing him do nearly as many slants, nearly as many digs, and when they are, when he is running those routes um, or you know zig routes, they're all coming on the side where he can push off of the better ankle. So. It's just good. It's good management by them it's getting him coaching, mm-hmm. yeah. pretty healthy, and then making sure you know you put him in position where he has less of a chance of hurting that. And yeah, he's you,
2: still the guy. He's still better at generating separation with his routes than
1: anybody else on the team. Totally. And then with Garrett, you you don't have that luxury, meaning you can't really control which way he's going. So with with Garrett, uh, do you
3: think it's worth worth it to push him out there this week? Do you think he's he's the difference between the Broncos winning and losing this game?
1: Uh, it's so hard to say because
3: it, this is a very important game. That's you're what at, I was going to say. You're at home. If you win this game, the momentum is so in your favor. If you lose, guys, we're right back to where we were in, in the four-game losing streak. I think that that's where people are going to fall. They're going to call last week's game a fluke, uh, and then you know the Broncos are going to be at the bottom of the AFC West for likely two weeks going into that Chargers game.
1: This, to me, is kind – It, it ha, like, this is a, a, a dramatic way of putting it, but it's kind of a win-at-all-costs game for me um, mm-hmm. because it, it is mm. so – and that, that's what I mean. At-all-costs yes. is – you know, can be taken a lot of different ways. It's not really at-all-costs because all-costs could mean anything. But it is do whatever you have to do to win this game. Because if you win this game, you again, you have two weeks to get ready for the next one and you're two games over 500 going into your bye week i mean it's i to me this is you got to do whatever you got to do
3: here's the thing mm. for me though this game doesn't ride on garrett bowles playing or not and that's now, a if, fair take if we're talking teddy bridgewater you know if he's playing or is it brett Ripon because drew's in covid protocol right now then obviously I'm saying a 70% Teddy is probably better than Brett Rippon. But especially with the way we saw this offensive line play, and Calvin Anderson really dominate at left tackle last week, Uh, I'm more worried about Cam Fleming at right tackle, even though he had a good game, Uh, but more worried about that. And, man, you should – be able to coach a game, and I know I'm putting a lot on Pat Shermer right here. But you should be able to coach a game where you're able to hide your right tackle, or or at least really help him. Especially guys, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. I mean, Melvin Gordon on that one pass block last mm-hmm. week,
2: what was incredible. Use Missed those guys one, to your nin- yes.
3: use. Your, use those guys to your advantage. Yeah. I would, for the most part, though, he's pretty good. He's, and, and he's very good. Everything
2: yeah. about the run game worked because you even had the receivers that were doing well blocking downfield. Once Gordon. And and Williams got to the second level. Everything about that worked, and it helped the O-line because we all know almost every offensive lineman to come in the NFL is much better at run blocking early than pass pro. So by getting that running game going and sticking with it, you were playing to the strengths of what you had out there. Again, like I said, the test, like I said yesterday, the test is going to be, let's say you get an early Jalen Hurts touchdown drive and you're behind 10-3 in the second quarter. The test is going to be, does Pat Shermer say, nope, the best thing we can do is run the ball right now. We're gonna stick with that as our bread and butter, or does he panic? And here's I
1: hope he doesn't. Here's what I caution against is the idea of if we could beat the Cowboys with this group, we can beat the Eagles with this group. And it just that that ignores what we've talked about a lot after that game, which is just you know, the slope the you know, in hockey you'd say the ice tilted, you know, the the field tilted in the Broncos direction and They ran with it, and they did an incredible job. But all of a sudden, you go out there, Jalen Hurts hits, you know, Quez Watkins on a Mm 60-yard touchdown on the first drive, which feels like it happens every other game except that Cowboys game. And now you're pressing, and the the entire shape of the game will be the opposite of that Cowboys game. So I think you're right. I think, you know, my gut tells me Calvin Anderson will be fine out there. My gut tells me Cam Fleming will be fine out there. Uh, and of course, Quinn Miners too. Um, but I just don't want like I I think that that's a dangerous idea to have. If we if we can beat them, we can beat them.
3: Well, no. So that that I, I see what you're saying, but Ryan, the way I'm viewing this is, what's a more important game? This game against the Eagles, or in two weeks, three weeks from now, the Chargers at home?
1: This one. See, no, I disagree. No and, and way. You have the No twi- way. You have
3: the Chargers twice.
2: You have the Chargers twice. So let's say you, you you scale it back and you don't play, guys. Let's say you fall to five and five. The Chargers, the best they could be going into that game in two weeks, is seven and three. So you would have two head-to-head opportunities to make up the ground.
3: So so you're, you're yeah. so so That's Ryan what, yeah. Ryan when when I when I say that to you, if if you know the Broncos are going to win one and lose one, you're saying they should beat the
1: eagles no no cuz well, i don't then think it
3: makes the chargers game more important <laughs> no
1: cuz i don't think it is a win one lose one i think it's a win both lose both
3: mm, mm. because i would rather set my team up for su- for more success against the chargers the, the than division, I, than, yes. than i would against the eagles so i'm not risking guys if there is concern of injury and i thought i thought high ankle sprains did have concern of potential re-injury
1: <clears> i mean yeah you're but That's what i'm Julius saying promise. is <laughs> it's you aren't going to be to 100% Yes. So you basically, we talked about this with Jerry, is every time you go out there, you're going backwards. It's going to hurt more than it did before the game. And
3: with Jerry, though, we didn't want to rush him back. No. If it, you play Bulls this week, you are rushing him back. Give him that extra week and in, in those extra two weeks, actually. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm doing because and, and, and I'm not relying on. I'm not saying don't bring Garrett Bowles back ever because it worked yeah, yeah. against the Cowboys. I'm just saying, man, I'd rather have my team better prepared against the Chargers than I would against the
1: Eagles. For the record, I'm always in support of make sure the guy has as much time to come back from injury as possible. With that being said, I just, I'm just i telling you what I think is going to happen, which is... Okay. Yeah. You know, wrap it, shoot it, and and uh, pray. So you think Bowles plays this week? I think he does. Okay. If he doesn't then it's just a big you know it's a big task for those other guys. I'm just saying I think that this game is the is setting the expectation for the rest of the season, setting the tone for the rest of the season. You win this game, you are a contender in the AFC West, you are for all intents and purposes a contender in the AFC. You are a playoff caliber football team heading into your bye week. You lose this game, you're just another team. That's the way I feel about the way that this game is going to shape the rest of the season.
3: Well, I think you're 100% right. And, and going into that bye, either with spirits up and people believing or going into the bye with, okay, here we go again, another 500 below 500 I mean, season. Uh, but...
1: Think about how these guys who have never tasted victory in the NFL are going to treat their bye week if they feel like they're right there. you like, you saying they're going to go to a beach instead of Vegas or something? I just think they'll be... Thinking twice about the decisions they make. Thinking, well, I want to do the things that's best for the team. Now, that doesn't mean the guys aren't going to take their vacation. It just means they might think twice before having that last extra drink or making <laughs> that, you know, <laughs> let's go to that next bar. I, so I they're really... back
2: in at one instead of three.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <And laughs> that's what ma- you say. <laughs> That matters over the course of a week. Uh, <laughs> if you, you know, get two hours extra rest every single night. I just think that this is one of those. It's a tone setter. If you win the game, you're for real, and you have every oper- you Wait, If you beat the Eagles, you're for real. You're six and four, and you have and the you won for three real straight. Game was against the Cowboys, yes. yeah. And, and you're making you're proving that that game wasn't yeah. a fluke. If you can take care of business, it's not even really that. It's keeping. It's at least keeping the idea that that wasn't a fluke alive. The, if yeah. you lose, it was a fluke game. You're five and five. You have one decent win and a bunch of losses.
2: But I think they, they did that with the Cowboys game. The, the Cowboys game basically meant that you cannot look at any game after the bye and put it in Sharpie as an L. They could win any game. They can beat anybody if they play their best.
1: I think that's true. Um, but you have, to, you, got, you have to get this one. You just have to get this one. I think it's so important, for lack of a better term, for the vibe. You do have to get this one, but it's it's not at all
3: costs because again, at all costs means you are you are putting that Chargers game at more
1: risk, and that's just a more important game. But it's so far away,
3: two weeks two we- that, what? for a high ankle sprain. Wh- how long was Jerry Judy just- out? If, two, this, just play, if yeah. this just
1: comes down to do you play? If this just comes down to do you play Garrett or you don't, I'm fine with just saying don't play well, that, Garrett. That's what we're talking yeah. about. But, I, I don't
3: think I disagree with you about how important this game is at all. It's extremely. But important. I think it also
2: extends to like a Pat Sertan II. I mean, he's dealing with a knee sprain. If he's considered day to day, look, I would err on the side of caution and sit Pat and let him so, get the two weeks of rest. D- you know Bradley Chubb. Get this whoa, is a Well, wait,
3: wait. There, there, there is so many more injuries that we need to talk okay. about, guys. That's but, 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 but that continues into another conversation, which we'll have. But Ryan, first, got to give you a huge shout out. I hit your DraftKings Sportsbook uh, pick of the week. The first
1: drive of the game last
3: night. It was, and thankfully, because Steelers weren't scoring much after that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of course, over at DraftKings Sportsbook, they were offering Najee Harris. Anytime touchdown score, minus 150. And DraftKings was offering a 50% boost on that. Of course, you got plus 100 odds. Mm -hmm. I absolutely loved it. My buddy boosted the first-time touchdown score on him. Got plus 600. No, it had to
1: be more than that.
3: It was plus 400 for him to be the first touchdown score. really high up. Boosted it to plus 600. Uh, And you can get these awesome boosts. Pretty much every single day, Ryan, they're offering these boosts. I mean, I know for the past couple months at least, they've been offering every single Saturday, they're boosting any college football parlay that you put out. Every week they're offering something for the NFL. So you got to check out DraftKings Sportsbook for all of these awesome boosts. Double my money last night. Well, I guess I turned one unit into two units Mm -hmm. last night. And that feels great for a Monday, especially because I didn't like anything else on that game.
1: I didn't either. And that's why I (laughs) boosted it, bet the max, and, you you know, wrote it out. uh, the the only bad part is my interest in the game was gone after the first right, drive right exactly
3: that was one of those games where i initially before the game if i had to pick i liked the bears plus 7 and then when the steelers were up 14 to 3 or 14 to 0 i thought oh good thing i stayed away cuz i was wrong on that and at the end of the game I'm like, ah, i should have taken the bears plus 7
1: you ready for the bad beat of the year oh no so last night i have a nuggets same game parlay oh, all jokic no. Jokic, over 12 and a half rebounds, it hits. Jokic, over four assists, it hits. Jokic, over one block, it hits. Jokic, over 25 and a half points. And he misses a free throw on an and one one minute before oh, the incident. No.
3: Was he at 25? He's
1: at 25. Oh, no. <laughs> and then he takes that hard foul, of course, meaning he's going to get free throws. Oh, no. And then, of course, every, all hell breaks loose. So he gets ejected. Oh, my god! Bull Bull has to shoot the free throws. So I miss out on, uh, you know, plus uh, 550 parlay. Oh, because gosh. mostly I'm mostly mad that I just missed the and one free throw to get to 26. Right. A minute before all that. But uh, yeah, that's a tough break. That is brutal. <laughs> that's that's why I don't gamble very much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy I gambled last yeah. night over at DraftKings uh, sports That was payback for, of course, mm-hmm. I had the over parlayed with the Buffs money line wow. in, on in Saturday's game. The only reason that over hits is because of a 60 yard field goal at the death. So, so how did you feel about <laughs> yeah. that? Uh, it was a it was a you know like a bittersweet moment. Like I was pissed. Like that at
2: that moment, because see, you won. Obviously you won in the end because right, the Buffs right. won and you hit the over. But like at that moment, when you see that Matt Prater like kick fly through the
1: uprights, oh, I was pissed because <laughs> I was won. screaming from you know the thirtieth row on when they had first down, whatever it was from the, from the their own forty. Right. Like, don't just give them ten free yards. <laughs> I know there's five seconds on the clock. But you're you're just put someone over there so they can't just throw it that way. Like, take one of your people and put them over on the sideline defending that sideline throw. Yeah. So I was just mad at the mismanagement um, of that situation. And then I realized, oh, well, uh, there's a chance this parlay is still alive.
3: <laughs> Initially, guys, speaking of kicks, last night, how close did you think that that Steelers kick was at the very end of the game.
1: I think everyone thought it hit the crossbar. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yep. It yep. looked. I mean, the optical illusion of yep. it. It was I pretty literally incredible. N- it, I, <sighs> people still don't know that it didn't. So I automatically it like, didn't
3: hit the crossbar.
1: Uh, uh. Uh, g- uh, gasped. Yeah. So and then I saw the replay and it was like hilarious. It,
3: it makes me feel a lot better that it didn't hit the crossbar because it it just wasn't was never close. Right. I, I as guess. Opposed the, to being so close.
2: I guess I'm the nerd here. Like. When I saw the way he struck the ball, I'm like, that's got no chance. That was no. actually that actually yeah. was my first thought.
1: Yeah, and then I saw his I saw his reaction and he didn't look very hopeful. Yeah.
3: I actually still haven't seen a different camera angle where I realized that it fell short was after many replays. It the ball bounces through the end zone and it can't hit the goalpost. And then, and then continue bounce. that yeah. direction.
1: So weird the optical illusion of it, it landing so right weird. on the yard line yeah. where that's covering. <laughs> yeah. um, I so I how actually short was he the ten, he didn't ten. make it to the end zone. Yeah.
2: Oh no way. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. short. It was, it was before the goal. It was, wow. That yeah, was bad.
1: Um. I Not bad. I mean, he was trying
2: it. Was Literally he was attempting it from like sixty seven. Yeah. Whenever and a I hard see, place right.
1: to kick. Whenever I see a, a field goal attempt like that, I'm expecting. The ball to barely get over the fingertips mm-hmm. of the defensive line because you have to kick it with that low trajectory so it went much higher than that i guess i'm a nerd too mate, So i was yeah. like eh, it seems a little too high and then mm-hmm. they showed him looking at it and he didn't look like he was like no. getting ready to celebrate like, you remember, you remember oh. Matt
2: prater's kick and he kind of it was like a line drive knuckle and it just went straight yep just yeah. Full, yeah and it kept flying through the colt. speak about tra- oh. tra- tra- like units in football well, we got to talk about Manscaped because it's football season. Oh, yeah. you know well, really that quick, means?
3: use the code DNVR oh, right. over <laughs> yeah. at DraftKings Sportsbook. And if you bet on any team to score this week, you'll turn $1 into $100 over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Use that code DNVR for a limited time only. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call
2: 1-800-522-4700. Now we'll talk about units in football mm. and Manscaped because we're going for two with Manscaped. Blitzing through hairs has never been easier, and it's time you join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by using the code DMVR at manscaped.com for 20% off. You can get that performance package 4.0. It's the perfect package for your package, your unit. your Hopefully, if you have units, then you're in the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. And it's a key for great grooming and a hygiene routine to make sure the boys downstairs are smooth, like Tom Brady in the fourth quarter. Maybe, could we do like a, maybe like a Like Teddy Bridgewater on Sunday, he was smooth, right? He was. He was tenth best
3: passer rating in the NFL right now.
2: Yeah, put that out on Twitter though, and uh, all the people are going to come at you with pitchforks. What about
1: all the completions short of the sticks, Mace. God, (laughs) what about him?
2: Uh, Anyway. The brand new lawnmower 4.0 is here to take your defense to the next level. This fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. And the lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on or off switch, can engage a travel lock, and. It gives you the ability to turn the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. And did we mention that tr- this is waterproof too? Rain, snow, or sleet are no match for the waterproof power of the 4.0. So if you ever want to trim your nose hair in the snow, you're good to go, right? With the lawnmower 4.0, absolutely. There's nice no fi- there's no 15-yard <laughs> penalty for this clipping. The pack. Sorry, the package also comes with the weed whacker, with a 9,000 RPM motor powered 360 rotary rotary dual blade system with skin safe technology. to help prevent nicks, set snags, snags and tugs in those delicate holes. After trimming your footballs, show them some love with Manscape liquid formulations. Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Provider Ball Toner are here to take your balls game next level. And we've got some Manscape stuff right here. We do. In Just used it uh,
1: body wash for the first time. Tr- yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Great yeah. stuff. Yeah. Nice scent. I yes. I really use. impressive
3: packaging too. Yes. <laughs> well, for I mean, for your impressive for packaging. Your package.
2: <laughs> yes. So so you've got the body wash. You've got the shampoo. You can take care of your entire body. You can take care of the hair up top, just like some of the hair and every everything down below. So check out manscaped.com. Use that code DMVR and get 20% off and shipping that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com.com and use the code DNVR. stiff arm your pubes out of the playoffs this year with manscaped <laughs> unbelievable we are, our <laughs> chattiness
1: is carrying over into these ad reads so i'll just keep this one quick <laughs> um let's uh make sure you get your tickets to the DNVR tailgate this weekend you can take the bus you can take uh you can just come to the tailgate all you can eat pizza all you can drink breakfast it's the best
3: okay there we go <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> the best.
1: um so Let's move on in these injuries, and Mace, you just brought up an interesting yeah. one that I actually feel differently about. I
3: was going to say, yeah. you're going to change your mind about this yep. one, and Pat Sertan yep. is who we're talking about, guys. He has a knee sprain, and that just typically doesn't mean that he's going to be 100% in just a week from now.
1: And this is a first-round pick from this season. Um, a change
2: in your tone.
3: A
1: potential face of the franchise. So, As opposed to the
2: first-round pick from four years earlier, yes, that you paid seventeen million
3: dollars
1: a year for. Yes, again, it's just <laughs> it, it, that that injury has had some time to heal. That injury is one of those injuries. I'm talking about, of course, the the high ankle sprain. It's just one of those injuries that's just not going to feel good ever. Um, so for me, it's a little bit more to work with. But again, I, I let you guys win that one. <laughs> just sit him down. I don't care. Um, this one to me is is just there's. Too much, at, too much at play here. You can't, you know. Uh, remember when Jokic had the knee to knee injury and he came out uh, at halftime and M- Michael Malone was talking to him and he was like, "I, I think I'm fine. My yeah. knee just feels a little." weak. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Malone was like, "Get your ass off the yeah. court right yeah. now." Yeah, um, that's, that's right, I, yeah. right. That's how I feel about this. You can't have a guy going out there not trusting his knee. Yeah, uh, with how important the knee is to mm-hmm. you know the the sport.
2: And it's too bad because I mean. Pat Sertan on Devontae Smith would have been a blast to watch
3: in this game. It would have. you can't
2: think about that.
3: No, you can't think about that. But Devontae Smith, very, very good. He's a guy that you have to certainly watch out and know where he is. How worried are you about the rest of the Eagles receivers, though? Because to me, it's not like you need your your full starting four out there. Obviously, you're not going to have Bryce Callahan, so you're already limited in that. It's still not worth having Pat Sertan out there because – you got one guy to watch in the past game, and that's Devontae Smith. Make sure that he doesn't go crazy. And we have a lot
1: of speed out there, just for what it's worth.
3: Yes, speed, yep. but not that. That I think that's more of a defensive game plan, right, right, right. Than, than it is in terms of needing Bringing lockdown. Bring those zones corners. back a little bit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Don't. Oh man, what we can't see and what, well, we'll get into this tomorrow. But you can't let guys get behind you like they did during that four-game losing
1: streak. Exactly. I mean, that's that's probably Jalen Hurts' best passing ability. Is hitting those deep balls uh, on nine mm-hmm. routes other than you know i mean he does a lot of things really well but when it when it comes to like how you can really get burned by his arm yep. it's he you know he can throw a beautiful rainbow ball right over the top of your secondary and i mean quez watkins Devontae smith jalen rager these are fast guys yep. you know burners mm-hmm. that you have to be prepared for the thing is and this is why the eagles offense is a little bit tricky to defend despite them not being that good. Is okay, so you want you, you know, you're shading back a little bit. Well, now you're exposed a little bit more to those inside handoffs. You're also exposed a little bit more when those uh receivers run off your safeties, mm-hmm. yep. then all of a sudden J- uh, Jalen Hurts has all sorts of room mm-hmm. to work with in the middle he with his feet. Does. So, you know, it's almost like a Madden two thousand seven style offense. <laughs> it is. Where it's just get get everyone out of there and let J- and let Jalen Hurts do his thing. I mean, if you watch that Chargers game, it's him you know, hitting some passes, and then he just goes, R- read one, read two, run. Yep. And that's really tough to defend, so you're going to have to spy him. You're going to have to do you know, the smart uh, pass rush where you don't just give away the edge. Um, it's a totally different game than, than, honestly, what they got against Dak last week, which that was one thing we haven't talked a lot about. Dak never ran in that game. Mm-mm. It's probably the one thing that I would say that was really affected by his injury. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the Broncos were also all over him. You yep, know, yeah. even
3: when they flushed him out of the pocket, the Broncos did such a good job of just closing down, whether it was from behind with Jonathan Cooper in the pass rush or whether whether it was a defensive lineman uh, running, not to get him, but running parallel to the line of scrimmage. It was really good. And Vic Fangio said something really interesting, guys, after the game. He said, uh, we were able to have so much success against them because we noticed things that other teams weren't doing to their offense that we did. That may be one of those things It is just so much discomfort. Discipline that the Broncos had.
2: Yeah, you wonder if other teams are going to mimic that against the Cowboys going forward. Although it was funny, like when that uh, when that notion came up to Mike McCarthy yesterday, he sort of dismissed that. But of course he did. He, of course he's going to do right. It. Yeah, but no, you, know, you know nothing. Jalen Jalen Hurts is averaging what five five point eight yards carry. Yeah, yeah. he's I mean, he's really effective, mm-hmm. and he's accounted for twenty one. By the way, twenty one total touchdowns this year, I believe is what he's got right because he's got or no, my bad, twenty five or no, twenty or no my bad i'm i'm looking <laughs> he, at the wrong numbers here 11 passing touchdowns 8 rushing touchdowns 19 so he's at 19
1: oh uh, thank you thank that's,
2: you that's yeah that's ni- that's 19 total touchdowns or no it's 16 cuz <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i am yeah mr numbers himself because i'm looking at the at the last year and this year combined uh, so he's got he's got 16 touchdowns this still year still a lot he had he had 3 rushing touchdowns last year and then he had uh, six passing touchdowns. so he had nine touchdowns in four games last year. So we've got like about we got a, we've got basically a thirteen game sample size here, where he's got seventeen, he's got he's got twenty five total touchdowns, yep. about two per game, and he's not turning and he's not turning the ball over. He's got what four picks and one fumble loss this year. He has the he so Teddy Bridgewater has more giveaways this year. Think Jalen Hurts? Wait, I don't. Wait.
3: Really quick, this is just so fitting. Jerry Jones right now on the radio, I'd imagine, says, Denver didn't do anything we weren't expecting. Uh, yes. We anticipated it. I went over Jonathan it. I Jonathan Cooper beating that ass. <laughs> I went over it carefully with Mike McCarthy before the game, which is weird for an owner to do. What they came out doing, we anticipated completely. We just didn't anticipate them having that kind of success, and they stayed in it.
1: Can you imagine uh, Brandon wanting to sit down with us before every show and carefully go over our oh plan? Oh, my
3: God. <laughs> and then going on the radio or going and talking to, like, a newspaper right. after yeah. every
1: show. After every show, being like, well, <laughs> um, disappointed in the results. What would he say about this show? I think he would say it was a great show. Good show? Um, Good um, Al Davis
2: used to do that with his I, coach. This is it's that bad. type of micromanagement Al will Davis, never worked At least Al Davis was a former coach,
1: Yeah. Though. Yeah, you, that's the one guy just you would be the say, coach and owner, in yeah, my opinion. That's
2: the one guy you would have said, "All right, Al, you, you know what do you think here, Jerry?" I mean, Jerry wants to be all these things. Yeah, he's just, still technically the general waste, manager, what right?
1: An absolute waste of Mike McCarthy's time. Yeah, having to go over the game yeah. plan with Jerry yeah. freaking Jones. Think
2: about it with McCarthy. He went from a team that has no owner; it's the shareholders, yeah. the board of directors, to having the most meddlesome owner in the game. It's
1: dumb. What a waste. Yeah. Well, the paychecks probably make up for it. Um, what were we talking about? Uh, Pax oh, or well, No, we were talking about Jalen Hurts. Mm. I don't know how Eagles fans, and I obviously have a, a, a line into the Eagles fandom. Mm. I don't know how they aren't ecstatic over Jalen Hurts. They're very, mm. I would say cautiously pessimistic not even too cautiously optimistic phase they
2: have wentz ptsd i think
3: well i i i honestly think yes that but also a little bit the opposite he was a second round pick if if he was a first Hmm. round pick i think people would be all over it
1: you're right it's so weird to me because he's doing that exact thing that we've talked about um i want to see in the broncos next rookie quarterback which is using your athleticism to buy yourself time to learn Mm -hmm. and he's clearly learning He's yep. getting better and better each week. And I mean, J- Justin Fields, perfect example of the mm-hmm. exact same effect. Yep. When things break down, instead of just, you know, getting sacked or throwing picks, they just use their leg, get out of there, live to fight another down, mm-hmm. and then, got <laughs> someone at the <laughs> door here banging away. Um, live to fight another down and then, you know, take that information you learned from that play, file it away, save it for later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, to me, I think he's one year away from being a really, really good player. Um, and right now, he's already, I would call him a really, really dangerous player. No one wants to play against Jalen Hurts.
3: No, and it's going to be really interesting to see what the Eagles do after this year because, of course, they're going to have some really good draft picks, not just because of their own, but don't they have Miamis? Miami and
0: um,
2: San Francisco. Indianapolis. Indianapolis.
1: <laughs> just, I mean, that Miami one's looking well, real India's, good. India's conditional. So he's got to play seventy five percent of the snaps,
3: right? And the Colts but, are, but the Miami one, they're right. yes. top five right now,
2: right? And the th- but the thing is, it's trending toward Carson Wentz playing seventy five percent of the. snaps.
1: Isn't it? They get another one if it's seventy five percent and they make the playoffs. Yes, they get two ones. So they're yes. sitting.
2: So the Colts are sitting there at four and five. Wentz, but it's funny. Like everyone's focused on the two picks late in the Titans game. Broad sample size. Wentz is playing really good ball mm-hmm. right now.
1: Yep. He's awesome. Yeah. I mean, he maybe. tore up the, Je- uh, well, the Jets. Well, it's the Jets. But he looked like uh, an elite quarterback in that game.
3: <laughs> I mean, in the first half, they went four for four. Four right. possessions, four touchdowns. So. It, it, it it was incredible. And he, he beat Mike White. Yeah. It was really impressive. Well, he, and he beat Josh <laughs> for Johnson. Us, for a quarter. <laughs> right, for a quarter. <laughs>
2: but, yeah, but they're going to hang around probably the Colts in the wild card race. Yeah. So they're not going to have a reason to bench Carson Wentz. No So unless he gets hurt They're going to get that They're going to get the extra compensation Maybe you shut him down right now I was going to say What
1: a weird place to be as a GM (laughs) Mm -hmm. Where you Like He can't pull Carson Wentz right now But they were
2: You heard on the broadcast Last Thursday They were Troy Aikman and Joe Buck Were kind of talking about this Like okay Do you Do you take him out here You can't You're up by multiple scores Do you save Do you save some snaps here It's snaps It's snaps right It's not games
1: Oh my god (laughs) Oh, what a man. weird thing to make! But you couldn't yeah. do
2: that because the Jets kept scoring on the Colts defense in the second half. There was um, <laughs> a,
1: a scenario that happened in the NBA a couple years ago where a player had a bonus in his contract if he got, like, six more rebounds. Mm-hmm. And they just benched him in the last game so he couldn't yeah. get it.
3: Yeah, that's that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. But the thing, and typically it is like that where it's player incentives. This doesn't affect Carson Wentz at all. Yep. In fact, it hurts his own team that he's on now. If he does play, man, yeah, what a weird dynamic.
1: Yeah, I don't. I, I would f- stay away from making deals like that if I were a, a GM. It was but
2: their insurance was in case you, quarterback, yeah. but it was also injury, their insurance in case insured. he was a total bust. Like, right. But if Wentz had come over to Indianapolis and played like he did last year, he'd be riding the pine by now. And totally. so that was kind of that. That was that. That was the clause that said, okay, if if Frank Reich working with his old buddy Carson can't put him back together then, all right, you'll, you won't have to give up as much in draft compensation. Well, right. it looks like Frank has fixed Carson.
1: They must have had an internal agreement of, look, if he's good, we're not caring about these draft picks anymore. Right, exactly. Because he's our quarterback of the future. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay, let's try and knock Pat off. Pat Sertan? Yes, Pat Sertan. <laughs> don't, don't play him unless don't he's, him. I mean, yeah. What, what would you set the threshold at? hundred? okay i was going to say 90 yeah um got to be 90% at least he he He's won't probably be probably not going to be yeah, yeah. And
2: it's a sprain that means something is torn right uh, minor yeah, yeah it's minor but i'm not minor with, i am not messing with that and let's say it's like a an mcl sprain and then that's you get this game and then you get the bye and then you ease him back in practice and then it's basically 3 weeks day to day from from injury to charger game that's off and off. Yep.
3: Who else? Uh, Drew Locke, guys. And this is kind of a, a different conversation, but right now the Broncos, Drew Locke, we found out yesterday, tested positive or uh, found out he was a close contact when the Broncos were on a plane mm-hmm. in the middle of the air and uh, traveling to Dallas. Then they land. Then he tests positive, or he tests negative twice. Then tests positive the next morning and put in protocol. That's why Teddy Bridgewater didn't know he was playing until warmups because he had to get the test to make sure he wasn't testing positive. That's and they why he had to after- rerun the test, right? And that's why after the game, mm-hmm. Teddy Bridgewater was wearing a mask. He is vaccinated, but as a close contact, he has to
1: take those precautions now. We're uh, sure he's vaccinated, not immunized. Uh, right? That's
3: a good. Good <laughs> question. We we should have uh, we should ask those questions now, I guess. Um, and uh, but. Teddy obviously tested negative, and a lot of players have tested negative since. But we know with COVID, it's not you test negative, then you're fine. Drew tested right. negative twice on Saturday, then tested positive mm-hmm. and was out. So there's there there's still some concern mm-hmm, now yeah. about where the Broncos are. Are they going to be fine? Uh, and, of course, it starts with Drew. He's probably not going to be there this week. So you're, you're rolling with Brett Rippon again. And then it comes to the question of you really hope that no well, one else comes up positive.
1: What makes you think that about Drew? He's vaccinated, right? Yep. So he mm-hmm. just needs two negative tests at any point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, there's a pretty decent chance that he could be out there. I would say 50-50 at worst.
3: Uh, how long does can't COVID last pretty long? It though? can,
1: it yes, can. but it has been lasting less. I don't know, it's we'll la- just see. It, it doesn't yeah.
2: last it generally doesn't last as long if you're vaccinated yep. and you def and and also it's an issue of symptoms as well. If he's not showing symptoms and he get and that can accelerate the process, then but it's still he has to have the two negative tests 24 hours out. But so, we have been we have right.
1: seen guys uh, who are vaccinated test positive at the beginning of the week and still play at the end of the right.
2: week. Right. So if he has a negative test by Friday, I think you're feeling pretty good that he he has a negative test Saturday and he's your backup, even though he won't have practice. He can. It's going to be a mental rep week
1: for Drew. In right. The likelihood. But That's Zach, okay. You kind of painted the picture there of. How this all went down, mm-hmm. um, and it just probably sets the table for. Don't be surprised if there's more positive tests.
3: Exactly, exa- I mean, he's a, he's in a plane, guys, and surrounded by yeah. his entire team on the plane, and he probably had COVID then. It probably wasn't. He probably didn't get it Sunday, Saturday night uh, somewhere. So now, that- are they
2: making him wear masks on the plane? <laughs> well, the other thing is also they're eating on the plane right yeah. yeah i mean so but the but at the same time
1: it's a chartered to, plane it's right? a,
2: well to their credit the, the airlines have been pretty good about having you know about having filters you know in the in the recirculation oh, totally. system yeah. so i mean i've there have been studies that have shown it's actually like.
1: I'm just saying, if the question is, are you. they? <laughs> yeah. If the question is, are they making them wear masks on the plane? The answer to the question, the answer to the question starts with who are they? Yeah. And if they is just the team, then I would guess. The, the other thing is, no. like, when
2: he learned, did he isolate on the plane? <laughs> How can you, in the bathroom? I mean, or just.
1: I would assume they probably a, tried to do it's
2: something. A triple. It's a triple seven. Can we just get him to the back and move a couple people up here? I, I don't know. I mean, what do you do?
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting situation, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on, and, and I won't be surprised if uh, other guys are out. I know. agree, so that's something we're going to be following. Mike
3: Purcell, guys, he didn't play this past week, but he did practice all week leading up to it because, of course, he had thumb surgery a week before uh, and was practicing with a cast, and Vic just said he wanted to give him more time to practice, so he's still not sure if he's going to play this week. How important is Mike Purcell?
1: Um, he's important. He's nice to have. I mean, he's a good run stopper. The Eagles, um, it's weird, they didn't run the ball for like their first six games of the season I think at it all. was the, the, the fewest
3: number of runs or running percentage in NFL history.
1: Well, and they did have a game with the fewest carries in NFL history, um, or at least in modern NFL history. And in that game, didn't they average
3: like seven yards per carry? Yes. On like their four yes. attempts. It, was, a, it, it was, was Monday Night Football. A, right? I was going to
1: say it was a, a national game um so yeah that um that was weird and now they're running it and running it well yeah um which, Shocker. <laughs> uh, did you watch like not to compare Jalen Hurts to Tim Tebow but did you watch any have you ever watched any of these guys Lamar Jackson as a rookie did right. you watch that team run the ball right. all over everyone like how do you not take athletic quarterback and think this is a huge run threat right let's run some zone read that mind-blowing coaching right yeah there. it really is so how important is Mike Purcell uh he's important. And Mike Purcell plus like a Thor's hammer cast, count me mm-hmm. in on that. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's not um I I wouldn't put him in like the do or die. I I, I agree. But he's
2: farther along though. Yep. And I would say, like, of the of the players we're talking about, he probably has the best chance to play.
3: I agree. And and, and I expect yeah. him to yeah. play exactly because of that. Okay, guys, a couple more. Natani Muti and Noah Fant should be back this yeah. week off the COVID list right there. That's potentially two starters for the Broncos if they decide to go with Muti at right guard, which we think they're not going to do. And then Noah Fant, we'll, we'll see what, what his impact is going to be.
2: Let's talk about that for a moment because the Broncos ran the ball exceptionally well with Noah Fant on the (laughs) not Not in Dallas yeah yeah I mean and we and we've seen fans issues in past pro and we saw late in the game against Washington the issues that he sometimes has in run blocking because Chase Young gets through him gets the strip on Melvin Gordon there in the final moment so after seeing what you saw Sunday are you kind of shifting the emphasis on fan are you going to play Eric Saubert
1: more (sighs) This is all, it's always one of those political NFL issues that you have to, you know, talk about. Are you going to play your first round pick uh, from a couple years ago who you expected to be a big part of your offense? Are you going to play the guy who helped things go better? Um, If I were to guess, I feel like there might be some people in that building who have fallen out of love with Noah Fant a little bit. Uh, And so I wouldn't be surprised to see Salbert get a lot more run.
3: I wouldn't be surprised at all either. And, uh, guys, two more. Dalton Reisner is okay. He was held out of the game after hurting his shoulder. But then Mike Munchak said, we're up so much. Let's let Schlotman play. And uh, so that's really good news.
1: By the way, um, reflexive helmet sticker to Schlotman. We never got him one on Sunday. Yep. And we tried yep. to get one to every single player who <laughs> yep. touched the field. Yep. Um, yeah, those pull blocks... That, i mean dalton like got on a roll like you know you see in basketball a player gets hot he like got hot on pole blocks yep. just yep. mauling people so what's it's a good the, coach
2: dude keep doing it yeah it's the best he's looked since his rookie season yes. i thought yeah but good for sloatman and get a little playing time as well because he went to tcu just down the road in fort worth and so had a lot of fans in the stand had a lot of supporters in the stands there were some sloatman jerseys there
1: speaking of supporters in the stands did you see jordan loves family at arrowhead what in the, the world The very last row? What in the world? That's
2: that's where the most of the seats the team gets are. Now they always give some better seats. Right. Usually those go to the player and coach families, the better seats, and the seats that are in the up top allotment go to like staff families. So like Totally. Like my dad like when my dad worked in St. Louis the tickets i would get him he'd drive over from st louis to kc that's where they were i i recognize those seats and but i guess that is, according to amy trask who former raiders president i guess green bay gave the good the, the good seats to other people who weren't player families yeah, this that's and that's why they were
1: stuck. so green this is bay. on the packers this is bad that is bad that is messed up man this kid's first start you can't get his family a decent seat do you think do you they should have just bought their own do
3: you think that was to make up to aaron Rodgers? they said okay aaron we pissed you off with the jordan oh. love thing here's how we're getting back at you i'm
1: not thing. kidding when i say <laughs> that that's more believable than they just did that to. like so why else would they, they do that? starting yeah.
3: quarterback was
1: i cannot believe that i'm telling you if i was jordan love i would have given them a big old middle finger <laughs> <laughs> and said, I'll buy the tickets myself.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yes.
1: And I would have bought my family tickets right behind the bench for, what, I don't know, a couple thousand dollars. Yeah. Like, right. that's a lot right. to us. Right. It's nothing Not to right. an NFL player. No. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that, that's embarrassing. That was just wrong. That was that, just I, completely wrong. I can't get
1: over it.
3: And last one, guys. Malik Reed will be back this week. So, nice. Jonathan Cooper mm-hmm. and Malik Reed, honestly, your two best pass rushers this year. Yep. You'll you'll have. Or I guess at least in the past, and you know,
2: two Steven Weatherly is a nice rotational option. He's got the glasses for it, got yeah. the look.
1: He really weathered the storm this last weekend. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> <laughs> I I was impressed with him, man. Um it's always funny how like the a player's numbers shapes what you think of them. Like you see him wearing ninety one, and you're just like, oh, yeah, a nice like run stuffing outside linebacker. <laughs> but I thought he did a nice job in the pass rush. He is
3: anything but run stuffing when you see his body. He is like the tallest, slenderest man you've. Seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's like wow. he's like the bull bull of of the, <laughs> of the Broncos. Now, obviously, to a, a much different extent, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, he's this skinny, lengthy guy. The
2: funny thing is, like, he weighs only seven pounds fewer, I believe, than Bradley Chubb does. But wow. Chubb is, you know, stacked. Right. Right. Shorter. And but I would have 230. Weatherly is like, Weatherly looks like a a stiff gust of wind might blow him over. And he's like the nicest dude. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> nice. It's like, like, it's it. so
3: nice to see you guys. Thanks for talking with me now. <laughs> oh my God, that's great. <laughs>
2: People are talking with him now. I guess in, in Minnesota, he was kind of forgotten. Now he's getting yeah. now, now he's getting some legitimate run, but you're starting starting to feel good about uh, the eggs rushing rotation. The other thing is when you do get Bradley Chubb back, if he's not ready to go 100% between Reed, Cooper, Weatherly, you feel like you can kind of ease Chubb back in
1: when he's back out there totally uh all right before we move on i want to give a shout out to breckenridge brewery the absolute best beers around if you come down to the dnvr tailgate you'll have your choice of dozens of different flavors of breck brews breck seltzers um all of the awesome products they offer we've got them all stacked up and you know it's like a pyramid um so come check out the tailgate get yourself some breck brews of course you can come down to the dnvr bar and anytime uh, and get yourself some Breck Brews. We have eight different Breck Brews on tap here. Or you can just go online, go to the Breck Brew locator and find where the closest place near you that offers them is and enjoy them. I mean, it's still, you know, how many years have we been doing this with Breck Brew? I still get multiple tweets a week saying, oh my God, I finally had my first yeah. Strawberry Sky yeah. or I had my <laughs> first Vanilla Porter. You were right. They're amazing. So um, if you haven't gotten in on it yet, go get some. If you have got in on it, This is just a reminder that you love them and you want more.
3: You do. You certainly do, especially for this weekend. And guys, Mint Mobile, I didn't think it could get any better because of course over at Mint Mobile they save you tons of money on your cell phone service it is the exact same cell phone service that the big providers provide at 15 bucks a month and how do they make it so cheap guys they don't have any stores so what you do is go to mintmobile.com/dnvr you, you sign up for their incredible service at an incredibly low price of $15 a month they send you a sim card you put it in your phone you download an app and it's that easy you get to keep your own number how can I say this? Because I did it. We all did it. We're mm-hmm. all have. we all running on Mint Mobile right now, and it is that easy, guys. I kid you not. You go to their website, get a SIM card in the mail, put it in your phone, keep your same number, download an app, and there you go at $15 a month. And I told you I didn't think it could get any better at that, but they're offering a holiday special right now. When you go to mintmobile.com DNVR and buy any three-month plan, you'll get another three months for free. So it's already cheap and then you get it half off that for your first six months. That is just incredible. And, of course, all plans come with unlimited text, unlimited calling, and then you just get to pick your data plan from there. So go to mintmobile.com DNVR just like we did to get your three months for free when you sign up for six months. That's mintmobile.com DNVR to cut your wireless bill down to 15 bucks a month one more time, mintmobile.com/dnvr.
2: Do you ever call your Aunt Julie on your Mint Mobile phone? Of course I do. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. Thought she ended up at the bar this
1: week. <laughs> hey, exactly. the legend grew.
2: Yeah, and this is how we start making a shirt, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The Aunt Julie aluminum can shirt. Yes, is that coming? <laughs> the billion can shirt. Yeah, um, of course. One hundred and one billion mm-hmm. cans, including this yep. one right here that I've been sipping from, and it's not on the edge of the table oh, that's good it doesn't matter because now it's empty so it's, if, if falls, it's fine yeah also want to tell you about uh, ball because ball is where they make those 101 billion cans and ball has been practicing diversity inclusion for years while other major companies just talk about it as a workplace idealism their culture of belonging has been noticed by the human rights campaign they have a corporate equality index score of 100 so objectively your background whatever that is will not prevent you from succeeding there. It's all about your hard work and commitment. And once you work at Ball, there are lots of groups to join to represent your unique background. If you want to meet people, reach new career heights, get support. Ball supports groups like the Society of Women Engineers and many others so you can lead in your own space and become unstoppable like Zach's Aunt Julie, and right now they're looking for people to join Zach's Aunt Julie over at Ball. People who have technical and mechanical skills to help them manufacture aluminum cans and bottles, which they've been doing for a long time. Ball has been unstoppable and is unstoppable. So, along with a diverse workforce, Ball's innovation curve is infinite, just like aluminum, which is infinitely recyclable. I actually saw down in uh, in Dallas, that kind of 10-pack of Ball aluminum cups. Oh, yeah. by the way i have some of those at, that i use in my kitchen at home i mean they keep your drink ice cold yep. you pour some iced tea in there ooh. oh yeah it's it's the perfect receptacle for your even
1: bedroom. better i had one down at um ball arena yeah funny yeah. enough yeah uh for Surprising. an abs game and so it's already cold in the arena yeah. and like the coldness of the arena and just like goes into the cup too yeah. and it's like extra cool it's so safe, they've gone all stay aluminum, cold the entire game. they've
2: gone all aluminum cups over at uh, ball arena
1: i believe so yes oh that's pretty awesome yeah mm-hmm. i have an
2: aluminum i cup, can only speak yeah. for my drink but my <laughs> drink wasn't an aluminum one cup. of my favorite cups right now is a Rockies all-star game aluminum cup that i got over at Coors field love to see this it summer it's awesome anyway so if you want to be a part of making these aluminum cups bottles Cans and be part of the ball workforce the unstoppable ball workforce here's what you do you text golden to 77222 and you'll be linked to open positions you can also go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for golden that's jobs.ball.com search for golden or simply text golden to b sevens at to text golden to 77222 to be unstoppable like Zach's and julie at
1: ball All right, let's jump into the comments here. The first one comes in from Mike1809. really
3: cool one, guys. Listen up.
1: Okay. DNVR fam, thanks for keeping me afloat and grounded through the crazy ups and downs at the beginning of this season. I can't believe my first year as a member was up when trying to post this. So, of course, I resubscribed immediately. Yep, you got me. We got him. Got him again. Uh, I also wanted to share that DNVR has been a huge help during a crazy, difficult stretch of life for me. I've been building a business for the past two years called Keepsake Tales. We make personalized children books to help try to help every child see themselves as the champion of their own story. Wow, that's awesome. It's easily the most challenging thing that I've ever done in DNVR has been a constant as I've worked through so many challenges building this business that we hope and pray has a major impact on the lives of tons of kids. Thanks for being a constant present and a great pick me up when I've needed it. It's truly appreciated. And for anybody looking for a gift for a kiddo, I'd be remiss not to ask you to check out our site. did you? Do you have the? Uh... Yes, it's
3: www.keepsaketails.com. That's k e e p s a k e t l t a l e s scom
1: Check it out, and he even says he made a code uh, to hook up anyone who's listening to this with twenty percent off. So dnvr twenty, you can use. He's just following in, uh, following along, and we uh, we totally support that as a member of the family here uh if you decide to put in an order i'm hoping i can convince my co-founder to make a broncos book here in 2022 stay tuned awesome and and what an awesome um uh, business yeah
3: yeah mm-hmm. what of oh, such a cool business and also so cool that you made your own code and guys perfect for the holiday season right now perfect timing coming in with this mike and we really appreciate
1: all of your support we wish you the best
3: of luck with keepsake tales
1: absolutely next one's from pig tosser 66 let's go that's what i'm talking about fellas Boy, did Broncos country need that. Finally, this defense has the juice that we thought it would, and it's the young dudes bringing it Browning, Young, Cooper, Stern, Sertan. Vic Fangio couldn't help but get fired up on the sidelines more than any of us have ever seen him. I do not understand why we have neglected finding dynamic inside linebackers for five years because when you watch great defenses, they all have those guys. We might finally have our Marshall Trevathan combo back. Browning looks like a player and Young is a dog. I'm excited to watch this defense the rest of the season. The offense played with energy and I can't help but think not having the anchor at tight end dragging them down meant something. Wow. Noah Fant yeah, hurts yikes. this offense every week with penalties and uninspired play. Mm-hmm. He should be the uh, T- he would be my TE3 the rest of the season. Love seeing the run game impose their will on the Cowgirls. I was worried minors might get arrested for assault and battery out there. Uh, just a total beatdown in every way. I could go on and on and on, but will end by saying that was the most fun I've had watching a game in a long, long time. Yeah, guys, I was thinking about that. For me, it's most fun game since uh, the Texans game with Drew Locke.
3: Yep, that's very fair. Yep, and I mean, with all the hope that was surrounded. Right, exactly.
1: Game. And he's just throwing missiles all over the field. <laughs> He's doing a little, uh, doing a little, little right the Buzz Lightyear, yeah. Yeah, Buzz
3: Lightyear. The thing about wow.
2: that, you think back to that uh, picture on the sideline that uh, was shot of him and Noah Fant and Dalton Reisner, and they're oh, together. Yeah. And it looks, it, they're three guys, and they they look like they've got the entire NFL as their oyster. Yep. It changes pretty fast. Yes. does come Drew's a backup. Noah Fant, like uh, a tosser just uh, mentioned. An anchor on the offense. Yeah. Not, not in a good way. And, and Dalton, although Dalton Reiser had a really good game on Sunday, it's been some struggles for him Yeah, since uh, then.
3: Noah Fant does need to stop with the penalties. I oh, mean, yes. he, he's already at a career high, and we're, I mean, that was even before halfway through the
1: season. It's so weird. And I didn't see, well, I don't know. Cortland didn't produce at all. There's been multiple times this season where I see Noah and Cortland both just looking aloof. Like they're not not necessarily like they're purposefully not being engaged, just kind of like they're just not fully there, just kind of going through the motions. And um, it's just a it's a weird thing to see out there.
3: I mean, it is really weird. And that's why we, we talked about it earlier in the season. Ryan, we broke down how great receivers, consecutive Pro Bowl receivers, when they have a bad game, mm-hmm. it's 70 yards. And Cortland Sutton's bad games are 14 yards, are are nine yards, and that's what we say really needs – because we see the ceiling. We've seen it multiple times this year when he goes for 150-plus. He has multiple hundred – no one questions Cortland Sutton's ceiling, but it's that floor – that has just bottomed out so many times this year, and including this past week, one catch for nine yards.
1: And it's not like he was, you know, Trayvon Diggs was out there clamping everyone. He was getting cooked by everyone yeah. except Cortland Sutton. Yeah. I mean, and exactly. and obviously that yeah. that means he wasn't on him the whole game. Um, but it, it it is weird in um, both of them. I mean, they really, you know not to lump Cortland into this conversation that started with Noah, but I think both of them have games where they completely disappear. And when it comes down to a conversation in that front office, if it does come down to it, do we want Tim or Cortland? Mm -hmm. I think whoever's on team Tim is going to be saying, this dude never has an off game. Yep. And the
2: other thing is like you may, the, the, the critique may be, well, what about the quality of cornerback that totally. Tim is facing? Well, he was, the uh, touchdown was against Diggs. Trayvon Diggs. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of teams do use their corners on, as left and right rather than shadowing one receiver or the other. So Tim's had his share of work against number one corners. And as we saw Sunday, he's made plays against number one corners.
1: Well, what's kind of crazy is, and, and this is just one comp, and everyone's low on him right now, so it won't hit the same. But like, if you put on the tape from the last two years of Uh, Tim Patrick's tape and Odell Beckham's tape, you would be convinced that uh, Tim Patrick is playing on Odell Beckham's contract. Right, Mm -hmm.
3: definitely, without
1: a doubt. And you could do that with several big-name receivers throughout the league, including Cortland Sutton. If you put them side-by-side, obviously Cortland didn't play most of last year, so maybe that makes it more difficult. But you would say, like, I think that guy was the second round pick talking of of without, 10. Doubt,
3: without a doubt. Yep, exactly. Next one from LA Bronco 30. Could you explain what happened in the fourth quarter for the 16 points I asked because in Los Angeles they switched <laughs> off the Broncos game as soon as it went to 30 to 0 to show the Ravens. I was shocked to find out they scored twice. Also suspiciously, the only time I recall a Broncos game being cut off early was the last time they killed the Cowboys and I didn't get to see Akib to pick 6.
1: Wow. wow. Um yeah, uh, I don't... important note last time the Broncos got cut off is when they were getting shut out by the Chargers at home. Oh, when was that?
2: Well, they were shut like, out, they out. They were shut out on the road. On the road. In 2017, yeah. They oh, turned that game. that game off.
1: That was a that was a crap game. That was the game when <laughs> Melvin Ingram put one of the hardest hits I've ever yeah. seen oh on a quarterback. Oh my gosh, she took Trevor soul oh. out of him.
2: Yeah, I mean that poor Trevor. Yeah. yeah,
1: Trev did not have his most fun day. They also gave up a punt return, touchdown that day. In
3: the soccer stadium. Um,
1: and I think that was also the game where Donald Stevenson, like, came in from injury for, like, one play and gave up a strip sack and was <laughs> yeah, right back up. Right out. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I mean, L.A.
3: Bronco 30, really didn't miss much, and I wouldn't worry about those 16 points. As Vic said, put in their backups. And yep, yep. They were garbage touchdowns. Yep. They, they yeah. truly were. They came in the last five minutes of the
1: game. It does annoy me that they were able to get two touchdowns and two-point conversions. Yeah, yeah. Because now you didn't even double them up. I realize it doesn't matter, but I don't like it. I just don't like it.
3: Man, I wonder if Vic thought we need to keep these guys in, not not let them get a get a shutout.
1: Well, and, I mean, Brandon uh, posted on Twitter, like, if Vic Fangio has two shutouts this season, like, how are they going to fire him? And then... He didn't get them. So um, now, again, I I don't think that takes anything away from the defensive performance as a whole, as they just beat them down for 55 minutes. Um, But it does, like, help on your resume if you have that. And I'm sure he considered it and then did the smart and right thing for the Denver Broncos.
3: Especially a shutout against the best offense in the NFL pretty crazy. How would that have looked? Mile high, high Buckeye says, my boys back home after a fun weekend in Dallas and looking forward to this weekend's game against Philly. I spe- I sent you guys a super chat on YouTube on Monday when I was about to board my flight, but it wasn't red. So I don't know if you got it anyways. I think the AFC West is up for grabs. And after this weekend, I believe that we can do it. As I said yesterday, I'm watching the rest of the season from my couch, but I'm prepared. Just picked up a 15 pack of Breckenridge brews and some Broncos country glasses, six more sleeps till Sunday. Let's freaking go, boys i think we did hit that super chat yesterday
1: hopefully and if not really sorry about that um we try to get all of those but uh what what a uh what a week for our guy here goes down obviously as i mentioned yesterday unfortunately his blue jackets beat our abs twice in a row um gets us 15 pack of breck brews mm-hmm. uh speaking of uh the breck brews broncos country I, I think i mentioned this one before but i mentioned it again Nice 15-pack sitting on Von Miller's shelf as he was giving his uh, goodbye speech. Yeah, yeah, pretty darn cool.
3: He'll probably have a Christmas ale keg at there, uh, up there at some point.
1: <laughs> probably. Oh, no,
2: there's probably a Rams-themed beer out there that somebody's hooking him up with. What do you guys think of
1: um, his demeanor on the sidelines? Uh, pretty uh, out of it. He looked really bummed. Yeah. And I think it's probably because he couldn't play. Yeah. But also there's probably part of him that was like, man, like my guys just had their win of their season. In his home area. Right. They trade
2: him right before the the, the return because he missed. That's not their fault. It's the trade deadline. But he missed the game in Dallas back in 2013 because he was suspended. Wow. So he never got to play a regular season game in Dallas. In Dallas. He
3: uh he had also purchased a lot of tickets for that game.
1: Yeah. Right, I heard him mm. uh talking about that. It's yeah. so weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, he looked really bummed out on the sidelines. I felt bad for him.
3: Yeah. Weird seeing him in the camo rams stuff. That was weird. Ramo. Yeah, Ramo. True champ fan 24, my peoples. I think trading Vaughn may open the doors for guys like Simmons to assume full leadership duties from here on out. It's hard to be an emotional leader when you're not the best player on your team, and the said and and that said best player isn't really getting the job done. Fourth and a foot, the Broncos' best player stepped up when Justin made that TFL on Zeke and then exploded with more emotion than I've ever seen from him. I knew the defense was up for the task. Cooper and Weatherly were relentless and Never gave up on a play. Maybe Fangio feels relieved right now. No more forcing a square peg
2: into a round hole on this defense. I don't know if Vic's relieved, but I do think that there was a certain deference in that locker room to Vaughn Miller because he was part of Super Bowl 50. He's Mm -hmm. the longest tenured member of the team. And that guys maybe didn't, you know, they they kind of sublimated their voices a little bit and let Vaughn kind of carry it. And now that Vaughn is out there, I think we're going to see some of their true, authentic leadership voices come to the fore. And it's a different voice. I mean, you know, Justin Simmons, like he is, as we can see at the press conference, he can be the nicest guy in the world. Mm -hmm. Justin will get in people's faces. Yeah, Bradley Chubb, when he's healthy, he will get in people's faces. One person I mentioned
1: yesterday was Shelby Harris, right?
2: And these, and and Vaughn, that's not his leadership style. But maybe what we're going to see emerge from those three in particular is a little more kind of vocal, in-your-face type of type of leadership that comes to the fore. I
1: like totally. it. totally. And how about that play by Justin? I mean, making when you are the size of Justin, mm-hmm. making Ezekiel Elliott go backwards is not an easy thing to do. It was a, a perfect tackle, got him right around the leg so he couldn't churn mm-hmm. at yep. all and held him there for the rest of his teammates to come make sure that they pushed him back. It was just... I mean, textbook, textbook play. It really was. It was very impressive. All right, next one here from Melbourne Bronco. Hey, guys, referring to yesterday's comment, Red Hot Go simply means hit beast mode. See, <laughs> to fire up, <laughs> have a crack, to dig in, to go postal, to go medieval, uh, et, cetera, et cetera, What, cetera. Uh, what a great podcast yesterday's show was, uh, was. Vibes are awesome. With the success of Javante Williams, seems releasing Lindsay was the smart move. Cheers. Cheers. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think those things have to be mutually exclusive from each other, but it's definitely working out for the Broncos. They haven't had a void at, at running back.
3: Well, you wouldn't have if you kept Philip Lindsay, you wouldn't have Javante Williams. That's probably true. And so and and also, I mean, you, you you'll point to the Texans being bad, but George Payton has everything to point to right now and saying Boy, even if they didn't pick up Javante Williams, he could point to, to what Philip Lindsay's not doing down there with the Texans. And a lot of things aren't going right for the Texans. Totally. But be justified by it.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no uh there isn't really a case for Phil out there right now. Right. Other than he was awesome and a great, you know, person to have in the locker. There's
3: no doubt. There's no doubt. And and I mean a guy that everyone clearly loved. Right. For exactly. good reason too.
1: Um you could maybe make the case that like Phil could have stayed in the Mike Boone role.
3: Would people have liked that though? But so probably actually, not. Wouldn't people but he- have said release Phil, free Phil, so that he can eat somewhere else? Because how many how many times has Mike Boone touched
1: the ball? The other thing it is, is also
2: you're asking him to be a gunner on special teams, play multiple right. special teams roles. That wasn't what Phil was going to do. That wasn't what he was good at.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, but so, I'm just saying, like they do have three running backs on the roster. There was yeah. a world, mm-hmm. but again, there's just not much um, defense of saying like this is why other than saying he was a great member of the locker room, beloved by teammates, beloved by fans, et cetera. But you're right. If he was out there and not getting the ball, people would be complaining about it.
3: Right, right. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for Phil, though, having to – I mean, he chose to go to the Texans, and I thought that was maybe a mistake at I, first. I thought
1: it was a massive mistake.
3: And it's proving to be that. Man, he's just—he's not going to get paid, at least for another year. If he, ever. Probably ever. He, yeah.
1: If I were him, I would be working to get released so that I could go join – I mean, I don't know why he didn't – and maybe they just didn't want him, but, like, the Bills, the Ravens, the, right. the Chiefs. Did you just look at the, Jesus, right. oh, the Bills, Bills and or
2: the Ravens now? Jeez. Like, look at the look at the Bills. I mean, Josh Allen is their best runner right now, and it wasn't
1: even close. Yep. he they had, have no think, real explosion coming from that position. Right. I mean, Philip
2: Lindsay could help them right now.
1: I really think yeah. so. But, I mean, it's also – he had a ton of tread come off the tires at Colorado. He had a ton of tread come off the tires mm. in his first few years at CU. Running back's lifespans are short, so it, it's possible that he just has lost a little bit.
2: Unless they're Melvin Gordon. I mean, that guy seems to be built, what, like, made out of iron or something.
1: Right. I would venture to guess <laughs> it, uh, more of it is on the Texans yeah. ha- being terrible than it is on Phil. Um But unfortunately for him, he chose to go there. He's going to have to now prove that that was the case somewhere else for very little. And you know mm. what uh, every other team in the league is going to say about Phil? Is they're going to say,
3: yeah, he's tiny, too. He's tiny and he's taken all these hits throughout his career. And yeah. we always push back against that, but that's just, we know that's the NFL culture.
1: We'll all be rooting for him. Yep, mm-hmm.
3: absolutely.
1: Kendall Hinton, Hall of Famer. I ended up not going to the Cowboys Broncos game. And part of that decision is because how uninspiring this team is. Oh, no. I have no regrets. I watched a stellar win from home and <laughs> saved myself some money. Fair. I really hope we can keep this up. Broncos are in prove it mode now uh, lots of reason to believe this is a flash in a pan, but my fingers are crossed. Also, I feel like you guys undersell AJ Johnson. He's excellent. Could easily be argued to be a top 10 ILB. I, I would argue against that. Um, the season he emerged for us, he was top three, or at least top five L- LB uh, according to PFF. About a week ago, maybe a change. He was PFF's second highest graded LB against the run this season. Obviously, twenty twenty was a little less stellar a year for him. He's probably just above average in coverage, uh, but against the run, he's elite. Hard to argue. He's not a top three ILB in the league against the run. PFF isn't the holy grail, but it's got to be somewhat helpful. Um, I just remember lots of talk on him on the pod about him being above average or good-ish, and thinking it feels like a lukewarm description or it doesn't track with what he's put on the field.
3: You're right about Alexander Johnson being great when he came on in that first year and took over week four, week five. He was really good, and then last year he took a step back. In the in this year, I think I think he was fine. I, I don't think he was as groundbreaking as, as you believe he was, Kendall Hinton, Hall of Famer. But also, when we talk about the future. The the future of, of this defense and of the NFL is going less away from run stuffers at inside linebacker. And also we talk about Josie Jewell. That's what was tough about Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson on the field Together. at the same time. Mm-hmm. Both of those guys really good in the run game, but both lacked in the passing game, or at least weren't weren't good to take over someone's good running back or tight end. Uh, and now you have two guys that are potentially good in both of those areas. So I I don't think the Broncos are going to pay anything more than minimum to bring both of those guys back.
1: Yeah. Someone, uh, just to talk about Baron Browning for a second here, someone highlighted this on Twitter. I wish I could remember who it was, but it was one of my favorite plays from him and it was on fourth down. I believe, yes, it was the, the one where, um, Dak overthrew CD. Yep. Um, Justin bursts into the flat. He's running towards the flat to go cover Zeke. Justin bursts into the flat to go cover him. He sees that happening stops, floats back into his zone which is where cd is originally coming on his first route which takes away that route and then he has to throw it but it's just a little thing but for a rookie to recognize where justin's going okay i don't need to go there let me float back in here and take this passing lane away it was like really intuitive defense to see from a rookie um and got my hopes up for what he can be
2: and that's the thing like what does alexander johnson not do it's kind of that subtle type of play. Definitely. Alexander Johnson is like, he's just kind bur- of a brute. He, he's brute. He's he's bursting around. I mean, yeah. it's he, the classic cliche hair on fire type of guy. Totally. But one of the things that Alexander Johnson need to succeed was somebody like Todd Davis or Josie Jewell next to him kind of saying, all right, this is what we got pre-snap. This is what you got. This is what you got to do. And because of that, I think they may look, they may, they may look at uh, Kenny Young and Baron Browning as a better potential option. And I would even say that maybe they, if they, they that uh, if it's not Kenny Young, maybe it's Josie Jewell ahead of Alexander Johnson. Right. I in would, their if I were to
1: bet who's going to be back next year, it's obviously Baron Browning, Kenny Young, and Josie Jewell. I think so
3: too. That that would be my three as well. Fangio Schmanzio says, You boys crack me up. Y'all know that Pat Shermer will drop the running game as fast as he's dropped a redheaded stepson at soccer
2: prep. Wow. Keep up the good you work. You know what? I, I know that... Probably likely, but I'm just I'm hoping that he yeah. gets religion on you this. You are you are hopeful. Also, mates. like
1: also the the offensive line injuries might just like mm-hmm. play into his thought process here and say, look, these guys are run blocking guys right now. Let I me hope. just play to their strengths. I hope, um, but play to their strengths is not always been his bag mm-hmm. uh mile high till i die my boys i have two thoughts they're short so i'll keep it quick i really hope we we'll keep melvin gordon after this year i know people feel like we overpaid him but i love this running back duo him and javante compliment each other so well and he's just so sam so damn steady i would agree with that yeah. uh quinn miners with his dreadlocks and war paint looks like an absolute savage <laughs> i hope he continues to grow with this team and becomes a starter he really does i mean he looks like a create a player out there like you're just trying to make the meanest looking offensive lineman you can and
3: what's great is then his personality is the complete opposite he's just the nicest Mm -hmm. dude most gentle guy out there away from the football
2: field exactly it's all i think maybe you just kind of use that to get some you know kind of get some personality out but that's who but he is he's a nice guy he's a guy that you'd want to sit down have a beer with by the way melvin gordon if you could get him back for 10 million two years
1: would you do it two years 10 million how much are you paying javante starting next year he's nice. i think he's probably at about a million next year yeah yeah, yeah. You, you you pay six million dollars for that running back i would for do sure. it
3: i would do it as well with the understanding of mm-hmm. you know it's probably going to flip melvin's a starter this year uh, yes. javante's the backup and i think that's probably how it's going to be the rest of the season mm. and then with him taking a smaller contract i think there would be an understanding that that would flip
1: I would venture to guess Melvin not a, not necessarily about that. I, I think yeah.
3: Melvin is going to – we just talked about a couple of teams that need yeah, uh, exactly. a good running kind of back. That there's going mm-hmm. to be a, a better place for Melvin to be a true a true guy. Now, he's not going to probably get a five-year $25 million contract, but he could get a two-year $14 million contract. From <laughs> Buffalo would,
2: Tennessee. Yeah,
3: Ravens? Well, I'll, they're getting some guys back.
1: Get, yeah. I would venture to guess as well that George Payton had a plan in mind when he used – a second-round draft pick on Javante Williams, which was, okay, we're going to pay a lot to the running back position this year, but next year we'll go back to having it cheap. Mike Boone is you know, a guy I believe in. He'll come in to be the second running back. Um, and just because Melvin's playing really well this year actually doesn't necessarily help the whole cause because I think Melvin will deservedly go get a new contract somewhere where so they too. say, hey, you're going to be our number one.
3: Yep, yep. And, he, and I think he's going to get the money for that, too. And then... You get to do the Gal- the Dalvin Cook situation. Second round pick that was a workhorse, that is a workhorse for the Vikings. That's what George Payton grew Nick up Chubb with. Chubb too, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but I mean, that's what George Payton grew up with in Minnesota. Right. He's okay with the workhorse. And so that's why you're okay with, with a Mike Boone being the second guy getting 20% of the snaps, not, not 50.
1: Javante right. is so cool, man. Like... He just – he goes out there. He runs people over. He doesn't really flex on anyone or anything.
3: No, he doesn't do anything.
1: (laughs) Just Just don't spike him. You don't even – yes, of course. (laughs) You don't even see him, like, doing, like, a first down thing after that. He just kind of gets up and he's like, yeah, this is just what I do.
3: Yeah, and then that's what he's like off the field as well. And and, and Teddy – when Teddy calls someone calm and cool, you know they're calm and cool.
1: Absolutely. Uh, From Dan Burke, hey, guys, I know it's any given Sunday, but considering the Raiders and Saints lost to the Giants – The Bills lost to the Jaguars and the Bengals and Titans lost to the Jets. Does that provide any legitimacy to the first three wins in your opinion? The Giants in particular aren't a complete disaster and played KC pretty well on the road at Arrowhead. And the Broncos played them on the road at full strength compared to where they're at now. What do y'all think?
0: Yeah,
3: I mean, I I think the Giants win is becoming a little more legitimate because the Giants aren't a bad team. However, the Jets are really bad. And the Jaguars, when the Broncos played them, are really bad. Trevor Lawrence is going to have a couple of games. Now, I know this was more than just a Trevor Lawrence win over the Bills, but I-, I think the only one you really have a point to, Dan, is
2: the Giants. The other the other thing is, I mean, this is a cliche, but I mean, these are all pros out here. I mean, I think this is where kind of the, like t- the talk about Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, he only did well against the bad teams. I mean, they're still pros. Yeah. As the cliche goes, they still get paid. Those you know, those plays count.
1: What I think this all does is lend legitimacy to the idea that Vic Fangio was always leaning a little bit towards Teddy because he knew he would be able to take care of those first three teams. Mm-hmm. And he absolutely was right. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't mean Drew wouldn't have been able to do it, but Drew's a lot more of a volatile player where you just don't necessarily know what you're gonna get on a week in week out basis. Coaches so are, you needed yeah. a steady Teddy to go out there and make sure that you've played the game right and beat those teams because, as you see from the wins that they've pulled off, if you don't play it right, you'll lose.
2: Most NFL coaches are, by nature, risk-averse. Absolutely,
1: totally. absolutely.
3: Tom Mercury says, has there ever been a defensive player who really, who's really good at playing mind games with the other team's offense? I, I heard a stand-up comedy bit where a player would tell the offensive line, hey, I'm coming through here in the next play, and I'm wondering if it's allowed to chat like that on the line, and if someone was tricky enough to have done that, sometimes telling the truth, sometimes lying, and just confuse the other team and get in their heads. Yeah, of course, of course you can talk on the field. In fact, baker was caught mm-hmm. on uh, on a live mic when the defensive line made a shift right before the snap and what did baker say he said that was effing cute <laughs> uh-huh.
1: yeah these guys do that kind of stuff all the time yeah um and you are trying to mess with their heads and uh, there are guys who are good at it and it can work you know mm-hmm. like you'll see um a linebacker be like i'm coming next play mm-hmm. better be ready yeah. yeah and then he drops out of coverage but maybe you get the guy to take one false step the wrong mm-hmm. way um you'll also see the same thing from a quarterback um gosh who was it man i can't remember uh, might have been arian foster who like said to a linebacker like i'm coming to your gap you better be ready <laughs> and he did it he did it juked him right out of his shoes and scored a touchdown that's great, that's great. Um, so yeah there's all sorts of that kind of stuff going on on the field i wish we could see more of it man arian
3: foster was so good For a time.
1: I think he's also the one who said, like, turn around. Who are you? I don't even know who you are. I don't even. What's your name? <laughs> to his teammate? No, to a, a, like a defender who was talking to him.
3: Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah, like, I've never <laughs> even
1: heard of you. What's that? Turn around, let me see your nameplate.
3: That's so good. Uh, Arapaho says, for one second, can we not pretend that this was a perfect game? The poor clock management at the end of the first half was atrocious. Vic still struggling to manage the game itself. Not to mention the second and long runs. Yeah, we won but we haven't fixed our issues.
1: A lot of those second and uh, long runs were successful. So it's hard for me to um, give too much criticism on those. This Like
2: I love in the second quarter when they had second and 20 and I love the call to Melvin Gordon. He got 12 back like that. And that turned third and forever into third and manageable. And they, that that's why you run. And I think Javante Williams did that with an 11 yard run. On I think like it was second and 13
1: yeah it's funny I mean yeah we're all guilty of this but when it works it works when it doesn't it's criticized it should work though
2: second and long actually because you get to second and long and that's and inevitably your opponent's usually going to be in nickel sometimes goes in a dime they're going to clear out the box a little bit Mm -hmm. if they do that you should be able to get Eight ten yards, a big chunk. Your offensive line. To get line, half of that, back. all that
1: has to happen is your offensive line has to win their matchup, and you should get a. The the other thing here, no one complaining about Teddy throwing short of the sticks to Tim Patrick, uh, when he ter- made a move and turned it upfield, mm-hmm. and that's what I always try to explain to people. No one ever wants to listen, but if everything else is covered, the quarterback is taught to take that checkdown and give your player a chance to make a play. Now again, we'll do the we'll do the you know um, freeze frame scouting. Whereas, well, this guy was open, and sometimes it is. Quarterbacks aren't perfect. They don't make the right read every time. But a lot of times what happens is they are in nickel. They are in dime. They're sinking back into those zones to cover the sticks. Um, and if there's nothing there, you don't want your quarterback to just force one in there. You want them to take a, give a guy a chance with the ball in their hands. So I think what Arapaho wants to hear is,
3: May specifically, since you mentioned it, if the Broncos are in second and long, against nickel or dime and the run and they, they run it and it goes yeah. for one or two yards against the yeah. Eagles this week. Um, not to say that, that it, would you then put the blame on the players in that situation? Because you're okay with the call seemingly.
2: Well, it's also, it's not just the call from the sidelines. Sometimes it's an audible call as, as well. So that's putting it yeah. on the players. Yeah. At that point, at that point, if it's, if it's on Shermer, then you you, you put the blame a certain way. But I think if you, if they're clearing out the box, you ought to be able to run. If you can't do that, yeah, it is on the players. So,
3: so it's on the players yeah. this week on a second and ten. If they second run for one yard, if
2: if they if you've well, got a clear box, right? If you've got a stack box, then the again, other thing then that's know. where you want to throw it. You you ha- and that's where it's on Teddy Bridgewater. To and this is part of why Bridgewater is in there to be to identify what you're getting from the defense and go with the best option.
1: One other, I mean, sometimes guys just make plays. Like you know, you're going to be going up against Fletcher Cox this weekend. You might try to run on second and ten with a with a clear box, and Fletcher Cox goes right by Lloyd Cushenberry and Quinn Miners and makes himself a play in the backfield. You know those things happen. And but then, yeah. but
3: then, but then, what I think I think what Arapo's is trying to get to is instead of putting that blame on Pat Shermer, that would be on the players.
1: Yes, the question is just. It's all about the flow of the game to me. Against Dallas, you are making those plays, so keep going to it. Against a lot of other teams, right. it doesn't work, so stop trying. The right.
2: other thing is also, no, all respect to Rappahill, I completely disagree with the management at the end of the of the first half. I mean, I don't like, I didn't like the hail mary at the end, and of course you end up getting Glasgow yep. hurt. But as far as just kind of taking your time, uh, not really going for anything high risk, the worst thing you could have done is turned over the ball and given dallas a lifeline or gone for the
1: 68 yard field goal which clearly brandon mcmanus did not make in warm-ups or else he would have been more upset and uh you know they probably would have tried it
2: don't do anything that puts you at high risk of giving the cowboys a lifeline there and you remember you were getting the ball to start the second half too
1: right and they had the opportunity there you know fourth and one i think it was up 16-0 don't give them momentum. Right. Take the field goal, go up three scores. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it's all, you right, know, it's totally okay. Sometimes you have to be sensible. We talk, yeah, we talk a lot about, you know, wanting coaches to be more aggressive, but that doesn't mean you, you have to be aggressive in every situation. It's about being smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I agree, you know, uh, Henry, we I was watching the game with Henry. He was upset that they didn't go for the field goal. Um, and, and he was like, how often does someone actually return that? Uh, from all the way back there first of all we know that it's not a coverage unit so you're it's Mm -hmm. going to be more difficult to cover that but it's just not there that's just a risk not worth taking it also happened earlier this year right it did that would actually be good to look
2: to kind of look up and say what is the risk on those kicks of a long return
1: seen it happen to the broncos before it's
2: it's probably i would say it's probably not insignificant i'd say
1: probably like a five percent risk
2: and, again, it's
3: just yeah.
1: you're up 16-0. You have all the momentum. You're getting the ball. Do not give them a lifeline. Exactly.
3: Yeah. Exactly. And last one, guys, coming in from Big Tony. He says, my boys, I feel like the cartoon character in the meme where there's two buttons on a board and a cartoon guy is trying to decide which one to hit. One <laughs> button says make playoffs, but Vic and Co. stays. The other button says miss playoffs, and Vic and Co. Dot dot dot. Oh and oh and in the playoffs and fire Vic and Co. Sunday's game was so much fun to watch, but in the back of my mind, I kept thinking, can I close my (laughs) eyes and envision Vic on the podium holding the Lombardi Trophy someday? The answer is no. I wish we could live in a world where we make the playoffs, but also fire Vic and Co. But unfortunately, the chances of that are close to zero. The last time I can remember that happening was when the Chargers let Marty Schottenheimer uh, let him go after a 14 and two season and a trip to the divisional round. Wild. That Um, is.
1: Yeah, this is a definitely a feeling in Broncos country. I have to say like it's been so long. I'll definitely pick make the playoffs.
3: Just in, enjoy it now and then if you don't want Vic back, then that'll be kind of a little consolation prize if they don't make the playoffs, right? But and you're not you're not hoping for the team not to make the playoffs.
1: I can't imagine feeling that way, especially the off chance that this team really builds around running the football and playing defense. No one wants to run into a team in the playoffs that can do those two things well. Now, again, they've done it well for one game, um, so I'm not saying you know th- this team is a Super Bowl contender. But if they're able to tap into that and keep carving out that road for themselves, um, they do have a chance to be scary in the playoffs.
2: As long if they make the playoffs, as long as they kind of hand, as they're realistic about what they are and what they need to do in the future. Again. You had the Bills and Jaguars, both made the playoffs in 2017. Bills 9-7, Jags 10-6. and 6. Jags go to the AFC Championship game, and they decide to re-sign Blake Bortles. The Bills, they were sensible about it. They knew they needed to get better. They found their quarterback of the future in the following draft. Now, it's possible. You could see the Broncos kind of thread a needle between both. Mm-hmm. Keep, Teddy Keep Teddy Bridgewater yeah. and draft a guy. As long as the Broncos are clear-eyed about what they need to do long-term, I they, I, they can make the playoffs and still kind of understand that We've got to do some more things to really get to where we need to be. If they if they don't get sucked into the euphoria, they're fine. The Jags got sucked in. The Bills didn't. So think like Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott.
1: Yeah, uh, I think that's a fair point. But just to go back to my my overarching point from the first segment, all of these conversations go away, in my opinion. If you lose this week to the Eagles, you gotta get this one uh, tomorrow on the show. We'll of course <laughs> be doing the whiteboard building our game plan for how the Broncos will beat the Eagles. So make sure you tune in then. Hit us with a thumbs up on your way out. We always appreciate that. And, of course, one last shout out to our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group where you can get a free Sonicare toothbrush when you sign up for a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. Uh, They're going to take care of you over there. It's all a family. They are part of the DNVR family. So hit up Green Mountain Dental Group. And, again, thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you guys tomorrow on the DNVR Broncos podcast.
0: Flying Cat